0: In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. From the first chapter of the Gospel of John, we heard that Jesus turned, saw them following, and said to them, What are you looking for? Indeed, what are we looking for? Even if you have no answer to that question this morning, the question itself is important. Where are you going? What are you looking for? Today, besides the Bible, I will quote three heroes of mine. One is that delightful baseball sage, Yogi Berra, who said such things as, nobody goes there anymore, it's too crowded. Then he also said, you can observe a lot. Just by watching. But today I remember one of his greatest lines. If you don't know where you're going, you will end up someplace else. Where are you going? What are you looking for? The gospel passage this morning. Is from the last part of the first chapter of John, one of my favorite passages. In those 22 verses, a little longer than what we heard this morning, there are at least 13 different ways that Jesus is described, at least 13 various titles for Jesus Lamb of God the one who takes away the sin of the world, the one who baptizes in the spirit, son of God, rabbi, teacher, Messiah, anointed, the one about whom Moses and the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph, king of Israel, and finally at the end, son of man, they all differently describe what various people are looking for. For those of us with a long history in the Christian tradition, we've been conditioned to presume that all these titles mean the same thing. The words just all run together when we think of Jesus, Lord and Savior, King, Lamb of God, everything else. But especially in the first century, those titles did not always mean the same thing. The Lamb of God, someone who takes away the sin of the world, is not necessarily the same as the Messiah. The King of Israel is certainly not the same thing as the Lamb of God. Because a king would certainly not submit to being sacrificed. And how could the Son of God be the same thing as the Son of Man? Yet in these 22 verses, all these titles and more are used to refer to one man, this new presence in Galilee, this Jesus of Nazareth. The opening chapter of the Gospel of John presents a tremendous model for the Christian church. Like us today, every one of the early disciples of Jesus was looking for something, but they were not all looking for for the same thing. Some were looking to have sin forgiven. Some were looking for a Messiah. Some were looking for a wise teacher, someone who who would fulfill their hopes and dreams. John the Baptist was calling for repentance and looking for someone who could take away sin he would title that person the Lamb of God. He was also looking for someone on whom the Spirit would descend. And he gave Jesus all those titles. And then, it seems, he called Jesus the Son of God. Still another title. The next day, he declared to two of his own disciples, Behold the Lamb of God. And they addressed Jesus as rabbi, a rather new word in those days, which is to say, teacher, they wanted a wise sage who could lead with deep wisdom and courage. Where are you staying? Asked those disciples, as if they wanted to reside with that wisdom. Jesus replied, come and see. And without knowing where they were going, the disciples followed. One of those two was Andrew. He was looking for something else too. So when he found his brother, Simon Peter, he gave Jesus still another title. He told Peter, that they had found the Messiah, which is to say the anointed. Keep in mind, that's a very different sort of title than Lamb of God, or Baptizer in the Spirit, or even Rabbi. The Messiah was to be a gifted one, perhaps a charismatic figure. Nathaniel called Jesus the king of Israel, maybe the one to bring political unity to the country. And then, at the very end of the chapter, Jesus himself speaks. And how does he refer to himself? As the son of man. All these titles appear in a mere 22 verses of Scripture. This wonder-struck group of people who gathered together around Jesus, son of Joseph of Nazareth, were all looking for different sorts of people. Yet it was one person, Jesus, who seemed to be the common answer. We are still like those earliest disciples of Jesus. We are all following different hopes and dreams. And yet, each of our individual hopes finds fulfillment in Jesus. There's probably no single master image of Jesus. Each of us sees Jesus primarily, first, as a projection of what we have long been looking for. We gather in this place, the cathedral, and in other churches because we've, we've found the answer to our searches. We've found Jesus the answer, but we see different things. My image of Jesus is not exactly the same as yours. It may be that none of us alone has that master image. I believe this phenomenon, this wild variety of hopes is good and right. This phenomenon is the reason we can call Jesus the Savior, the Savior not just of me and my individual hopes, but the Savior of the entire world. The reason we call Jesus the Savior of the world is because he does indeed draw the world to himself, even when the world is searching for so many different things. It's Jesus who holds us together. How odd that Jesus beckons us with those words, come and see. Because when we do come and see Jesus, we actually see different images In this gathered community of disciples, there is a larger and more complete image of Jesus, the Christ. One of the great miracles of church life is that the larger identity of Jesus is gradually revealed the more we gather together the more we speak, the more we minister to one another and to the world, the more we pray and worship, the larger image of Jesus is revealed only as more and more diverse disciples gather around Jesus. I said I would mention three heroes this morning. One is Yogi Berra. The second is William Porche de Bose, the early dean of the School of Theology at the University of the South. In 1912, he talked about the diversity of Christian truth, and he said this, Truth is not an individual thing. No one of us has all of it. Truth is a corporate possession. And the knowledge of it is a corporate process. Said DeBose in 1912, This wild gathering of various images of Jesus, various needs and identities, it can seem like chaos, can it? And so, I mentioned my third hero today on the weekend that so many of us remember him. Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. Most of us know something about him. But I want to quote a book that he particularly struggled to write. It's titled, Where Do We Go From Here? Chaos or Community? He was speaking of the struggle of race relations, of the movement's future, of violence versus nonviolence. In his usual perceptive and informed way, this book reveals how capable a theologian he was. And the title of the book Where do we go from here, chaos or community? That title describes the choice we always have when we gather with so many images and identities, so many different things we are looking for, so many different places we want to go. Ninety-nine names of God. Chaos or community. That wild diversity could seem like chaos, but it can also be community. Blessed Martin's hope was that we go to community and not to chaos. The title that Jesus uses most often for himself is Son of Man, Son of Humanity, as if Jesus truly does represent each and every one of us. Jesus truly does know the inner longings and desires of every one of us. He even knows those hopes and fears that we're unable to articulate. Come and see, says Jesus. Come and see where he is staying. Come and see who fulfills our deepest hopes and needs. Come and see where Jesus resides. He resides in us, the saints, the wide and diverse community of those who are called Christians, those who have responded to the call to follow. He resides in each of us because he is the Savior of each of us. As our community grows, and as it grows in love and diversity, and as Jesus resides in so many diverse hopes and needs, it is then that Jesus is the Savior of the whole world. Amen.